What's going on, Seven Footers gang? We are back again. Jenna and Gerard here. You guys know it, your favorite duo. What's going on over there, Gerard? Oh, you know, spring is sprung, apparently. You know, it's starting to be warm out here in these streets. So, you know, you know what that also means. As springtime comes, that means NBA playoffs, even though in a normal calendar year, we'd be getting ready for the playoffs in like a week or so. Now we have a little bit more time, but soon enough, playoffs are playoffs are here. I'm still messed up over the schedule. I'll never be the same. I mean, I just, are they, is the league offering therapy sessions for our messed up calendar year? Anything, are, are they giving us free calendars? I could use one, just saying. Have no fear. 2021, 2022, we'll be back on our normal NBA schedule. That is right. And speaking of spring has sprung mm. right behind me is mm. my new plant i see that i see that so if you're listening on spotify as you should be subscribed <laughs> like everything um you should also be watching on youtube because mm. there's a beautiful fake plant right next to me in my oh, new it's apartment fake. I, I was gonna ask you are you gonna take care of it but you don't even have to it's fake oh yeah i can't do that <laughs> no um you know my babysat my brother's uh my niece, well, your niece um, yes while I was home for Easter and How'd that go? I was like, it, it was great. But I mean, I basically gave her a box of Cheerios just to eat in front of me. So she would sit still. Cause I was like, I can't do this. I had a couple drinks the night before I was, you know, it was, it was her and you know, it was, it was a whole thing. I said, you know, Auntie needs to be horizontal. You were um, a little so suspect. Way down. Wow. You gave you, and she's not, is she a year old yet? Not even. She's a year she's old. A year uh, old. <laughs> she'll be two in November. But I was thinking to myself the whole time, I can't believe two people are trusting me to keep a child alive. And you, and you gave which, her a box of Cheerios. Just, I mean, that's all you need to know. I folks. did. <laughs> I did. You know, before I get myself in some trouble here, yes. let's start <laughs> off with my team, my team and your team. What? This is going to be our, wait, wait. What, 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 what team is that? Oh, your team, your, your, your team is the Knicks. Is that, is that what you're saying? I can't hear you. You can't hear me at all. Folks, the, this is the joys of modern technology. Sometimes we have some, some difficulties. Well, go to the speakers, go to the, the normal speakers. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I mean, I can hear you. Some that was so weird. I don't know if this died, but like it just it can you stopped. can you hear me now? I could hear you. Can you hear me? Oh yeah, the, the the joys of modern technology. So mate, so you're you're still on the right settings, right? Like AirPod speakers, microphone for your mic. yeah okay. yeah. Oh <laughs> my goodness. Listen, Jesus. folks, that's that's the beauty of recording from home. When we're not in the fantastic Gotham podcast studios, we don't have to worry about any of this stuff. <laughs> I couldn't hear you all of a sudden. It was terrifying. <laughs> For the first time, I was like, Gerard, please stop. Like, don't don't play a trick on me. So, oh, guys. So whose team is who? Anyway. So you, the Knicks are your team and the Nets are – is that what you're saying? Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying well, to you. I, I want to be clear about this for the people at home. I am not a fan of the Brooklyn Nets, right? It is the yeah. team that I cover. I just want to be very clear about that. 
Well, okay. I'm sorry. I, I was speaking to our, our everyday or every week listeners no, who know who that know. Gerard Correct. covers the Nets very heavily. He's a beat reporter for them. Correct. So Correct. let's um, clarify that. But what I'm saying is, to segue into this, we are talking about the rivalry mm. or or not maybe, mm. that people are getting really psyched about. As we know, my New York Knicks mm. are are playing wonderfully. I mean, they're contending. It's the resurgence. And Gerard, as he is the beat reporter for the Nets, that I called his team. So I bring this up because online there's so much chatter about the new epic rivalry between the two New York teams. So are we getting too hype? Are we not hype enough? What <laughs> What's happening in these streets, Gerard? Because the rivalry peaked during the game last night. I honestly think this. Look, it's been my experience that this is more of a fan thing and a media concoction. Uh, not me. I don't play into that. I don't write stories about rivalries because like, I just don't know. I don't see it. Like, look. Yes, they share the same city, right? So that's, you know, proximity geography just across the bridge. Um, but, you know, the Nets are competing for something very different than what the Knicks are competing for, right? Like yeah. when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving decided to join this team two years ago in free agency, you know, their goal was to assemble a, a roster and compete for a championship. And that's what you do when you have players of that caliber. The Knicks ain't in that ballgame. That, that that's not what they're doing. I mean, they're out here trying to trying to compete for relevancy. Let's let's not forget for the past twenty years, this this franchise has been an abject disaster, right? They've been horrendous, um, and so I don't think it's really sort of like they're not chasing after the same thing. Now, the fans, of course, want to get into it, and you know, friend of the show and my co-host on Kicks and Shit, Gabby's a huge Knicks fan, and you know, her big thing is like this is always going to be a Nick city. And look, that may be true and all well and good. And in New York, the Knicks are more relevant and matter more to New Yorkers, right? And that's because there are longstanding ties in history here. Nationally, however, nobody cares about the Knicks nationally. Like, and it's evidenced by their amount of national television games they have, right? Compare that to the Brooklyn Nets, who have a ton of national television games, right? And who are a national team because of the star players that they have on their roster, so I think it's fun for the fans to kind of go back and forth at each other and talk about who's good and who's not. And, you know, fans can argue about the Nick fans can always say that claim it and say, hey, no matter what you guys do, this is still our city. It's true. But if the Nets somehow during the course of this tenure with these players win a championship and they are certainly further along the line to do that than the Knicks, that's something that they'll be able to claim. It's like, cool, you may own the city, but your team has not won a championship since the 1970s. And you know, if the Nets are so lucky to win one during this period, we have won one more recently, right? So it's fun for the fans to have that back and forth. But in terms of like on a national scale and to the casual fan, do they care about this as a rivalry? No. Hey, you you make very, very good points. I see the difference. But let's be real. The chatter was really beaming last night with this amazing rivalry. It's it's New York was alive last night, let's just say. And it was nice to see the Knicks contending and Julius Randle leading this team to compete with the predicted championship Brooklyn Nets. So I enjoyed that, but I also enjoyed uh, my man's, my man's, Kyrie. <laughs> well, it's funny Drop because... Drop 
40. Listen, we'll get to Kyrie in a second. It's funny you mentioned Julius Randle, obviously going back to like players. Like I think the Nets players don't, I mean, Kyrie, because he, you know, grew up in New Jersey, he's a Net fan and like is from the area and that's a New Jersey, New York thing. So he kind of feels it a little bit, but the rest of the guys, I don't think they care, right? Like now the Knicks players, Julius Randle, Reggie Bullock and RJ Barrett and those guys, they talked about, well, we know they have a big three, but that doesn't matter. We have a big 15 over here. And it's like, okay, but your big 15 aren't that good in comparison to those three, right? So, I mean, let's just call it what it is, right? And it's fine. Like, you want guys to get up for themselves and saying, we think we're great. Look, and the Knicks competed last night. Let's be clear, right? They fought hard. Um, You know, the Nets were, of course, without Ky- without Kevin and without James Harden. James played like two minutes before he, he sat down with uh, soreness in his hamstring. And, you know, Kyrie Irving, a 40-burger. And... He did his thing last night, and I think it's interesting because Kyrie, as we know, Jenna, of course, he's your your guy, your favorite player. He He's polarizing in so many ways, right? But all of the things that I feel like people critique him for are generally not about his actual basketball game, right? It's yeah. for the flat earth stuff and the, oh, is he a locker room cancer? Oh, he's taking PTO days, all these crazy things. Mind you, meanwhile, so... The issue apparently was, and I, I said this last week, the reason why the Boston Celtics were struggling was because Kyrie was a problem and Kemba was a better fit. Uh, Celtics right now struggling to hold on to the eight seed. So is that a Kyrie problem or I'm not really sure what that is. Anyway, and, and it's, it's funny because I, I, you know, friend of the show, Brian Fonseca, <laughs> I talk about this all the time because he's, he's a big Kemba Walker fan. I don't even, I'm not even a Kyrie fan like that. Like I appreciate his game, but like I end up defending the guy because I'm like, look, he can hoop like End of the day, homie can ball, like, flat out. Like, he is one of the greatest players we have in this league. He is so, so good. And he's having his best season right now, which is incredible. I can go on forever. However, we, number one, don't have the time. And number two, I can't cry because then, you know, the mascara and everything. Because <laughs> I, I will. But what I will say is, Kyrie Irving, everybody knows he's my favorite player, but Kyrie Irving, no joke, all jokes aside, is the best one-on-one handles in the NBA. No doubt. Best handles in the league by far. Not close. Not even close. Not close. Not Not even close. And it upsets me when these haters need to bring in the outside forces of the flat earth comments and things like that. We we know it's not flat, damn it. But like, again, like you made the point, nobody's critiquing his game and we're not appreciating the greatness. Everybody always says, look at James Harden, look at LeBron James and this and that. And I say James Harden because everybody knocks him as well, similar Mm -hmm. to Kyrie Mm -hmm. and LeBron. We're not appreciating the greatness, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. greatness. Look how much you can learn from this man. And I say that because if you watch the highlights from last night with the Knicks Nets game, Kyrie was the insane, (laughs) like the, the strength it takes for arguably a little guy Mm -hmm. like him. He's he's little in in, in NBA standards. He's little. Yeah. Right. To get to the basket. I mean, with um, three defenders on him in the paint, I can go on forever. I won't even because it, I'm ranting. I could feel it. I understand. <laughs> I know my flaws. But, you know, it is what it is. But Ky- Kyrie you- says this all the time. He works at his craft. And it is very obvious about the time he puts in in his craft. You know, players often say, you know, and, and former players said it, you know, Kyrie, one of the more skilled. And, and honestly, it's true. 
This is one of the more skilled basketball players we have ever seen in the history of this game. His ability to use his dribble to get himself to the spots he wants to get to on the floor, his ability to finish at the rim with either hand from all different types of angles. Oh, by the way, he can also shoot at 40% from deep. I mean, the, he is incredible. And you've seen an evolution in his game, right? Like, especially this season with the Nets, because they've had issues, right? Guys have been hurt and, and whatever. It's It's been different. When there's two stars on the court, he goes into, okay, I'm scorer mode. When it's just him, I got to facilitate and get my guys involved. You've seen the maturation and the maturity of his game. And a lot of the critiques, I think, of people coming at him is, one, you have a camp of, like, LeBron stands who, like, you know, if you don't worship at the altar of LeBron and, like, whatever, it's, like, blasphemy. And so, any and so yeah, Kyrie sucks without LeBron, blah, blah. And it's, like, you know, and I always go back and forth about this. I'm, like, guys, I don't know, like, what you all think this league is. You don't win without help. Nobody. Nobody wins by themselves. This myth of, like, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. No, none of these people win alone. None of them. Go back and look at the multiple-time champions in the history of this game. They were on rosters littered with other Hall of Fame players because it's really hard to win in this league. Really hard. So you need other <laughs> elite players to help you win the ultimate prize. Amen, Gerard. Gosh, you always end on a good one there. Well, let's stick with the Nets a little bit because we got to talk about a little little game we're mm -hmm. playing here. Not so much a game, but are we concerned or are we not concerned? Mm -hmm. Literally. Plain and simple, either one. So now there's 21 estimated games left mm -hmm. in the season. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to talk about these next couple teams because we have to see and dissect their situations, where they are at with uh, health and their rankings to see are we concerned or not concerned. So staying on the topic of Brooklyn, we're, they're plagued with injuries. I feel like we can't get their three stars together Recently and in the past couple weeks here, because we had uh, Kevin Durant out with the right hand string, and you said he played two minutes against the Knicks, and then was out with uh, yeah, yeah, Harden played. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. And we had already Kevin Durant that was out, so mm -hmm. now we have uh, the recent news today that James Harden is going to miss what ten or so games, ten, ten days at least. So he's going to get checked or in ten, ten days. days. So me. yeah, he, there's, and that's the thing I always say about injuries, right? He gets reevaluated in ten days. That doesn't mean he plays in ten days. He gets reevaluated. Then upon reevaluation, based on what that says, they will then determine what the ramp up needs to be for him to start playing a game. Now, the good part is, thank you for explaining that. The good part is uh, Kevin Durant should hopefully be back this week. Again, not probably at full strength. you got to get your reps in, as we say. But then we'll have at least him and Kyrie on the floor still missing that big three-piece in Harden. So, again, are we concerned or are we not concerned? Because, again, not early. There's 20 or so games left, and this is going to fly. Yeah. So I'm slightly concerned, and not because I don't think that they're going to be able to figure things out. Because I think we've seen this season, this group, contrary, you know, coming into the season, the big thing that everybody said, oh, this is going to blow up spectacularly. You can't have all those three guys together. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are mercurial. James Harden's a ball hog. Well, all these crazy things, right? Everything that I see, I'm hearing, because, you know, again, covering the team and the various sources, this team gets along, enjoys playing with one another, and are having a good time. My slight area of concern comes from 
you know, if you are a Nets fan, you just want them time to get on the court together so they can just gel. Like these are, the other thing to remember is these are among the most high, highest basketball IQ people that we have in the league. So they're smart and they know how to play the game the right way, but they need reps together to do it, right? And so, as you mentioned, with 21 games left for them, it's coming few and fast and fast and furious here. And with Harden going to miss 10 days, over those 10 days, they're probably going to have at least five games, right? So that's five of those 21. That means, again, and I said, he's not going to come back right away, at least 16. And that's, again, assuming nothing happens to Kevin again, nothing happens to Kyrie, like, it's a lot of assumptions you're making, right? So health is going to be a big thing for these guys, but the Nets are being smart and cautious with this. It's not just, hey, because with Durant, if it was the playoffs, they said he would have came back already, but they were being extra cautious because, again, he's coming off the Achilles and he started the season so well. This team, in order for them to reach their goals, the three of them must be playing come playoff time. They will not win a championship with just one or two. They need all three of those guys to be playing and playing well and then we'll see what happens uh compo season so slight slight concern there for Brooklyn slight concern and Duran is supposed to come back this week and he's only played in 19 of the last Nets 51 games so not questioning Kevin Durant's ability skill set anything ability to see the floor his knowledge however there's clear concern there too because you need reps to have chemistry mm-hmm. and on the floor chemistry so he hasn't been getting those. So that's another stem of concern. So, yeah, I mean, I'd say I'm pretty concerned, too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, that just means my Lakers are going to come in here and just whoo, handle business. Mm, I don't know oh, about that, okay. Jenna. Mm. All right. All right. Well, then let's talk about the Lakers. Drive. Let's talk about the Lakers here. Are we concerned or not concerned? Because we obviously have my guy, LBJ, out with that high ankle sprain. And then Anthony Davis still out. And Anthony Davis still out. Again, This we've seen a clear, distinct difference that this team does not perform at the same level whatsoever when even one of them is out, let alone two. So, again, concerned or not concerned? Oh, I'm concerned. Uh, hmm? The Lakers are 4-6 and six in their last 10 games. They are now in the fifth spot in the playoffs. And, you know, it's this, you know, one thing that fans and coaches and a lot of people around the NBA do, right? They do this thing where it's they look at past performance and use that to indicate what's going to happen in the future. But like the stock market, right? Past performance does not always indicate future returns, right? Like that that's not it isn't always necessary. Now, we know who LeBron James is, one of the greatest players of all time. We've seen it year 18, the whole nine. Every time he has an injury, he comes back, he's fine, whatever. Yo, at some point, that's not going to be the case. I don't know when. I'm not saying it's this year. All I'm saying is the assumption that, oh, it's a high ankle sprain. He'll just get back and be fine and be back to 28, 8, and 6. Uh, maybe. Maybe he won't. And with Anthony Davis, it's an Achilles tendon injury. That is the most feared and devastated, in, devastating injury in the sport. And it's not, it's not ruptured or anything like that. But they're being super cautious with that as well. The Lakers especially, too. They, are, they have no shot of winning the title. If those two aren't fully healthy, if it's just one of them done, they have zero chance because the West is way too loaded and way too good. So if, if I'm a Lakers fan, I'm concerned and everyone's saying, oh, it doesn't matter where they are seating wise. Look, I think it does because we'll get to this later. As I said, the West is good. I know people don't think Utah's for real. They are. Uh, the Nuggets 
for real. And as much as you want to clown the Clippers, and we all do a Clips gone clip, you know, they had a 3-1 lead, they blew it. Yo, the Clippers just mollywhopped them on uh, on Sunday, right? Granted, it was without LeBron and Anthony Davis, but the Clippers can play, and they're good. And, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a Lakers fan, I got the concern meter up, because again, 20-something games to go, and we don't know when they're coming back. And here's the thing, we always mention about ramping up, right? When you're injured, and again, I, I'm working on a story that I talked to a bunch of different um, surgeons and PTs and various people work about work on NBA players with their injuries. It isn't just about the injury itself healing. When the player's coming back, what you're looking for is, is there are there strength tests at the same level they were pre-injury? Because if they're not, what you're asking for is a recurrence of another another injury coming soon. And we talk about this all the time, Jenna. Regular season play and playoff play, very different. You don't want to be coming back off an injury and you jump right into that scold, that, that cauldron that is the playoffs. Nah, you want to have some time to get yourself ramped up before you get into that super high intensity, you know, playing heavy minutes and like, you know, and, and, the, and the wear and tear, not just physically, but mentally that the NBA playoffs is. So if I'm a Lakers fan, I'd be concerned. I mean, I hate to admit it, but... I'm slightly concerned and I only because LeBron, yes, LeBron gets injured, minor injuries throughout his entire career and he bounces back. But let's be serious. He's never had the dreaded, as we say, high ankle sprain, which I'm so surprised about. But anyway, and we talk about Anthony Davis with the um, Achilles. Achilles and he has a history of being injured. A history of being injured, and also we've seen it happen, I hate to bring it up, but Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. I mean, that stemmed from a different injury. Mm -hmm. So you just can't be too cautious, but then again, they don't have room and time. That's the thing. That's the thing. That's the thing. It isn't, we, this isn't in February and we have like four, no, like as I said, 21-ish or so games. That's basically a month, right? Like... Mm -hmm. Hey, man, you know, hey, okay. <laughs> we got we, we to gotta be mindful of this. It's Look, every year, the championship is less about what we all think it is. Luck plays a huge part into it. And this mm-hmm. year, especially, injury luck is going to be the team that wins is likely going to be the team that is the healthiest come summer, right? Like that, and that's what's about. Like, who's going to be healthy this summer? And right now, we don't know. We really don't know, but what I do know is that the Clippers just signed my boy, DeMarcus Cousins. (laughs) 10-day contract here, people. For 10 days, DeMarcus Cousins can hopefully prove himself that he's a good big man for the Clippers. And they're in the third seed in the West, okay? They want to add, obviously, some big men to help out Serge Ibaka and, you know, what they got down Mm -hmm. there. Yes, so... Are you concerned about them or? You know, oddly enough, not? I'm not concerned about the Clippers. They're seven and three in their last 10. They're playing good ball. Rondo made his uh, made his debut for them on Sunday. Um, you know, I, I don't get as crazy into the playoff Rondo as you do in narratives. However, as a as a squad, this was a piece missing for them, right? A point guard to just help them organize and get them into their sets on offense and taking a veteran that, right, type of presence and taking that burden off of 
Kawhi and LeBron, LeBron, Kawhi and Paul George, so they can do what they do well, right? Which is score, defend, right? Do all those kinds of things. And look, uh, Rondo was definitely a shell of himself, but he was instrumental in the Lakers winning last year. And if he can do then repeat that similar type of thing for the Clippers, that's going to be big for them, right? He's never going to be overawed by the moment or the stage or anything, right? I mean, nothing's going to be too big for him. He's got a supremely high basketball IQ, right? So he knows where everyone needs to be and knows what his role and his job is. As far as Cousins, you know, it's sad, right? Because he, DeMarcus, never really got to that stage where he got that big, big payday, right? As soon as that happened, that's when that's when the, the injury started happening for him. And it's a shame because, I mean, he's the prototypical big man in today, right? Big, quick for a man of his size, can shoot the three, obviously kill you down low, rebound, all those things. Look. At this stage, they're just hoping he can give them a couple minutes off the bench, stretch the floor a little bit, grab some rebounds, uh, and not be a liability on defense. I mean, that is the best they can hope for right now um, out of Cousins. And again, it's a 10-day. There's a reason why it's a 10-day. Because they're not, the hope of them doing anything great, not high. But we'll see. He's a shot. Hey, hopefully he can come out here and surprise us. Because he was quiet on the Rockets, and... We need to see something out of him. But again, I think the addition of Rondo is, like you said, exactly what they needed. They need that type of direction, that guidance, because the talent's there. I mean, hello, Kawhi, mm-hmm. PG, let's go. I mean, you got but, those two guys, there's always a chance. Exactly. Um, so I'm excited to see what's cooking there. But, you know, who doesn't really have a chance at the moment is the Golden State Warriors. Um, they are getting smacked around like it is, I don't even know, a freaking Space Jam. But you wouldn't know that, Gerard. That's right. Um, I, I don't watch that movie. <laughs> they, I don't even know where to start. I mean, like, they got smacked by the Hawks. Look, they are in, they, they're lost. They are in danger of not even making the play-in, okay? Like, let's just, let's just call this what this is. The Golden State Warriors right now are the 10 seed, and that is the, that's the cutoff for the, for the play-in. They're only a half game up on the Pelicans, okay? The New Orleans Pelicans. The Warriors are 23 and 27, four games below 500, three and seven in their last 10. Now, mind you, uh, six of those games about were without Steph because he had the tailbone uh, injury, and he's coming back from that. But look, he's been healthy all year, and this, a player of his magnitude and his skill set, the team should not be this bad. They just shouldn't be. Um, and the question, of course, running around Golden State is who's to blame? Steve, you know, Warriors fans are like really want Kerr out of there. I mean, it's it, it's a it's a lot. It, it is a lot right now. Look, the bottom line is the roster is not functioning well. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, the Klay Thompson injury matters, but again, you got Steph Curry on this squad. Like, this squad should find ways to be, you know, I'm not saying a one seed, but, you know, they should be somewhere in that five, six range. And they're seven and a half games behind that, right? Like, that's, that's problematic. And, you know, Andrew Wiggins has been fine. I mean, he hasn't been, like, he's been who he normally is. But again, Steph is an elevator, right? It's the idea of, you play with Steph, like, you get better. Okay, Kelly Brain not really doing so much. And they're struggling with Wiseman, right, in terms of, as a rookie, what he's doing and what his role is. Look, we know how great Draymond is defensively, but Draymond doesn't score. And on a team that is bereft of offense, like, yo, you got to score, my guy. <laughs> like, 
Especially down down in the paint. I mean, come on, knock these like I mean you pop and lay it. You watch games and you'll see it. You, if you freeze the frame or you do whatever and they're running their actions. The defense is utterly unconcerned with Draymond. They don't even guard him. Because they're like, we know he ain't shoot, we know he ain't gonna make that three. Yeah, he may make one every once in a while and he'll start huffing his chest out and like, you know, making noise. And it's like cool. Until you do that consistently, not concerned, right? And it's problematic. And some of it is about Kerr, right? And him not using Steph in enough high pick and roll. And, you know, because Steve Kerr is about beautiful ball movement. And But the problem is the players he has on that roster don't fit that style of play, right? Their knowledge level is not high enough to play that kind of basketball the way that Steve likes to play. So sometimes you got to adapt to who you got. Everyone can run pick and roll. And you have Steph Curry, who is elite out of the pick and roll just run a hundred pick and rolls all game like i mean you know run it with him and wiseman run it with him and wiggins like you'll do damage there and that's what the fans want to see i mean it's not steve kerr again steve doesn't like that brand of basketball but if you want to make the playoffs what are we doing here right i mean in the fans their concern is are we wasting a prime step here in many ways you are and even when they get clay back next year this isn't a insert clay we're going back to the title team like no like no, <laughs> they're even with Clay, they're not better than the Jazz. They're not better than the Nuggets. They're not better than a fully healthy Lakers team. They're not better than a fully healthy Clippers team. So, you know, if I'm if I'm Golden State Warriors fan, I, I am concerned right now. Same here. I mean, I think it's past concern at this point, unless you've just lost all hope to, altogether. But again, I mean, I wonder what it, it the conversations are like inside the locker room and the front office there. I mean, they cannot be. Well, happy. you know, Steph in the most recent loss, the, um, after the Hawks game, uh, you know, he was not happy and he's like, you know, I'm hoping these guys recognize like that they don't want to feel this feeling. And it's also, it's tough for him, mm-hmm. of course, too, right? You were on the high of going to five consecutive NBA finals. And it's like, and the last two seasons have and anything but those highs, right? But again, when you don't have the elite talent that you used to have, this is what life is like when you're on a, when you're a one superstar on a team with, you know, just NBA starting level talent. Well, this is what happens, right? And when you're forced to play a system in which those other players, they just don't fit. Right. It, it, this is what happens. Exactly. I mean, hey, this is normal life for most people. But hey, maybe Steph can give Bradley Beal a call. We can, you know, work it out. And, oh, you know. yeah. I mean, you, you put Bradley on there and you get Clay back and then it's like, ooh, OK, now we're talking. Right. And, and that's the thing. Right. As much as talent wins out in this league. Right. And the Warriors, you know, outside of Steph, Wiseman could be great one day, but he ain't there yet. Outside of Steph, and again, Draymond's value is only seen when he has other Hall of Fame level talent around him, right? That's when it really ramps itself up. With with just Steph, yeah, you still see the magic with those two, but with the roster, with the rest of those three starters, it's like that ain't enough, right? There isn't enough space. There isn't enough basketball IQ, all the things we just talked about, right? So his value doesn't get seen as much when it's just Steph. It's it's a sad story out in these streets. I mean, but at least he's dancing on the sidelines. You see those viral uh, videos? <laughs> Listen. That's it. You got to have some fun somewhere. 
Exactly. You got to have some type of humor in the game. But again, it's it's a sad story in the Bay. We'll see what happens. Hopefully they can turn it around. Someone at least make the plan. Got a big one. So, against Milwaukee. Hey, mm, well, yeah, that yeah, sucks. No, yeah. <laughs> no, doesn't, doesn't pretend to be. It doesn't look like a win tonight. <laughs> I'm not even going to like <laughs> pretend to be excited. Um, but let's talk about, we'll stay on the topic of pretending a little bit. So these next couple teams we're going to chat about, we're going to go back and forth here to see if they are contenders or pretenders. Gerard, I love what you did there, honey. <laughs> love what you did there. Now. I try. Do this for you. <laughs> you're the best. Always giving me the segments that I love to pronounce. Now, these next three teams, they're cooking right now. They're cooking really well. Now, we're going to talk about are they title contenders or are they just, you know, dominating the regular season? Mm -hmm. Let's start out with my guy, DM, Donovan Mitchell's Utah Jazz. They won their last, what, nine? Nine of their last ten. They just lost their streak to Dallas last night, but nine of their last ten. Before that, nine of the last ten, they knocked the Nets out of the power rankings Mm -hmm. uh, at the time. So, are they contenders or pretenders? Because we know this about the Utah Jazz. When it comes to the postseason, which is just six weeks away, things seem to go downhill. So that's what where everybody is right now, right? And it's that same thing I started the conversation with about past performances indicating future results, right? The Utah Jazz for everybody else is very much a, we don't believe you, you need more people, right? Like they have to show it to everyone for everyone to believe that they are legitimate. But look, man, everything I've watched this team quite a number of times up close. I've looked at the numbers. They're good. They make 17 threes a game, which is ridiculous. They kill you from the three-point line. They are the number one team in the league in net rating and just in net rating at 9.9. The next closest team, the Phoenix Suns, which we'll talk about next, there are a full three points behind them in just in net rating. They are the number two offense, number two defense. I mean, Utah is good man like and donovan mitchell has been scorching hot like mike conley is he understands the system they're playing there now uh joe ingles i mean they have four or five guys that shoot at least 38 percent from three uh i mean talk about space and you're spread out like you're screwed guarding this team right and we know what rudy gobert does defensively controlling that restricted area and what he does rolling to the rim on pick and rolls Look, this team is outstanding, and I think they are legit. They're a contender. They are for real. Look, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Shaq a couple years ago about something, and, you know, we were talking about, quote-unquote, championship DNA, right? And it's a thing that, like, people love to toss around and throw out and, like, who has it, who doesn't have it. Well, no one has championship DNA until they win a championship. Like, that's how this works, right? So, I would hope. So how did you know that X team had the DNA until they won it? You didn't know. They had to win it, right, for that quote-unquote championship DNA. Um, and so for a lot of people, because Utah flames out in the postseason, everybody's like, oh, they're not that good. But let's not forget, they went to seven games with the Western Conference finalist Denver Nuggets, right? So this team is really, really good, and it's another year under this system everyone's better everyone understands their role um you know the only thing that would give me slight pause for concern is their reliance on players like Niang and Jordan Clarkson in the postseason right when the stage gets up and the defenses know exactly what you're going to run 
are those guys still going to be able to do the same things? I'm not worried about Conley and Gobert and Mitchell or and even Joe Ingles to an extent. Not really worried about worried about right. those guys. It's some of those others, right? Like because they're because they're going to need to perform come playoff time. Are they going to be able to still perform when the when the lights are the brightest? Look, as of right now, they're dominating the regular season, but we've seen this before, right? The Bucks have dominated the last two regular seasons, and we know what they've done, right? And this is also relative to about, you know, and it's a shout-out to my True Hoop TV video that came out today. Winning a championship is hard. It's a 1 in 30 lottery chance. It's <laughs> hard. Getting Ooh. to the conference finals is a big deal. If you're one of the last four teams left, that is huge. Huge. Yeah. But we don't celebrate that. We celebrate champs, and that's it. Everybody else, you suck. And it's like, no, no, no. Getting to the final four in the NBA playoffs is really, really difficult. And this team, this Utah Jazz, they are for sure a final four contender. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Side note to your point that, yes, we don't look at these accolades because we don't, for some reason, the world doesn't believe in levels or progress. It's either you suck right. or, or you, you got to right. rank. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's it. Yeah. it. That's so stupid. And again, like I said, this is a whole conversation for another pod because we must discuss at some point that just the, and we have before on this pod, but more in depth, um, that this whole talk about, and recently we spoke about it with Russ and the Stephen A. Smith mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm, debacle mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. how championships and this and that, blah, blah, blah. Like, again, it's, it's such a debatable topic. It is. It and, and honestly, Jenna, this is why the star players team up with each other. Mm -hmm. Because they know, they're like, A, I'm sick of hearing about how I don't win the ultimate prize, right? And it's hard to win the ultimate even if you stack up, it does. it's no guarantee you're going to win it. It is still a 1 in 30 chance. It is hard to win an NBA title. Like, I, I feel like we are – the fan, the average fan gets confused because they see LeBron in the finals every year. They see the Warriors on a run. They see Kevin Durant in Western Conference finals and finals every year. All the, and they're like, oh, what should – no, 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 no. Don't let these people fool you into thinking it's this easy just to get to, the, to a championship mm -hmm. round. It is not. The vast majority of NBA players will never play in a conference finals. Never. Because it's hard. It's so hard. And, you know, I'm, I need to move on here because it'll get me angry and then I'll get upper lip sweat and the whole thing will happen. <laughs> but, yeah, that's exactly why these guys team up with each other. Not to mention, you say this all the time and I, I it sticks with me. It's a formula of... Things have to be clicking. And I mean, no injuries. Everybody needs to be a 10 that night and that series or that game, whatever. And it's a little bit of luck. It's a little bit of luck, too. Actually, a lot of bit of luck. And, <laughs> uh, right, right. And we see these these um, more issues coming out, too, with the refs in the Final Four, missing people saying they're missing causes and that. So, mm -hmm. again, luck. But we got to move on because, you know, your girl, your girl loves to rant here. So... Now, let's talk about where is my little uh, show run here? <laughs> I think the Phoenix Suns are up next. The Phoenix Suns. I love these three teams that you mentioned mm -hmm. um, because the Phoenix Suns are on a, a tear mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Again, regular season tear, but we got to talk about this win that they had over the Rockets the other night because Devin Booker scored 18 of his 36 points just in the fourth quarter alone, okay, in the 133 30 win over the Rockets. And then we had Aiton career season high, 
27 points. And then followed it up with Chris Paul, who dropped 19 and 11 assists, double-double right there, and Mikel Bridges with 20 points. I repeat all of this and get Daryl Morey number-ish because it's insane. It's insane. That many contributors from Devin Booker to Chris Paul. Yeah. Look, again, we're talking about contender or pretender. Here's what I'm going to say. Yeah, let me hear it here. There's someone in the middle. They're not a pretender, but I don't know if they're quite a contender. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because, again, it's what's kind of what I talked about the Utah Jazz. Phoenix, while Chris Paul has all the playoff experience in the world, and Jay Crowder has all the playoff experience in the world, the rest of them dudes don't know anything about what playoff life is like. Now, to be clear, they are crushing it this regular season. And I mean crushing it. They are the number two team in adjusted net rating. As I mentioned, they are three three full points behind the Utah Jazz. They're number seven in offense, number five in defense. Look, Phoenix is going to be a tough, tough out in the postseason. And getting, if they can hold on to that two seed, right, that'll get them, you know, a shot of going, okay, now we're, we're, we're moving into the conference semis, right? And then likely for them, they're going to have to go up against one of these really difficult teams that are battle-tested and have all the playoff experience. And that's the only thing about the the Suns that's sort of holding you back. Yeah, Chris and Jay Crowder, I trust them. Aiton, Booker, Bridges, who are all playing phenomenal. They haven't yet stepped into that cauldron and that pressure cooker that is the NBA postseason. Chris will help because he is the point god after all. But some of that's going to be, you got to just experience that on your own, right? When the defense team, when the team you're playing against, unlike the regular season, when they've read the scouting report, we know your first move, your counter, and your counter after that. Well, now what are you going to do, right? Like, now how are you going to problem solve when you're playing against teams that are just that much better? You don't have those games against Houston and Toronto and all those teams that are the, the Pelicans, all those teams at the bottom defensively. No, none of those teams are going to be in the playoffs. You're getting all the top teams now, right? And how do you react to that? And again, no back-to-backs and all that tired stuff. It's, you know, at most you play every other night, right? And sometimes you have two days rest in between, depending on, on how the playoff okay. series is going. So it, it will be interesting. So they're not a pretender, but I won't quite call them a contender just yet. Hmm. Interesting. Like that. I think I fall in the same realm that you do. But speaking of Chris Paul in the postseason again and getting these guys acclimated to the different environment, feelings, pace, etc. I think it's going to be extremely instrumental and that's where you're going to see Chris Paul oh, really without, shine. Without question. He's, I mean, he's, he's huge for them. I mean, he's everything, right? Like he's going to be that glue that really like, okay, guys, calm down. Here, here's what's happening. All good. Teams go on runs. It's fine. Here's what we settle down. It's possession by possession. He'll be able to do that for them. A point God just, just, the father of that team. It's so beautiful. I just, the documentaries are going to be great one day, CP3. They really are, honey. So let's talk about this last team, contender or pretender, the Denver Nuggets, because they traded for Aaron Gordon. They're playing well. Jamal Murray, we're seeing these glimpses of the old playoff Jamal Murray. We always talk about his consistency. And then we also have Nikola Jokic, who's just playing phenomenal. So what is this? Is this a regular season facade or is this the real deal? No, they, are for, they are for sure a contender. Remember, this team went to the Western Conference Finals last year. And that was without Aaron Gordon, who's on the team now. Aaron Gordon has fit in so well to this team, it is not funny. 
And let me just be clear about something right off the bat. The MVP discussion is over. It is Nikola Jokic, case closed. Done, done, and done. He is the best player in the NBA this season, and he is also... Weird, I don't see that in the show notes. <laughs> he's also the best offensive player this season. I mean, this guy is incredible what he's doing for them, and everyone just plays so well off him. The way that the Denver, the Denver plays basketball, it is everything, all the actions they run. He finds everyone, everyone, right? I mean, they're the number three offense in the league. Number five in net rating. I mean, look, and they're starting to turn on on defense. They're good, man. Between him, Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and Aaron Gordon, that is a hell of a top four. And again, Gordon gives them that size so that when they have to play the Clippers or the Lakers, he's got a bigger body to throw at LeBron. And remember, without Aaron doesn't have to be the man now, right? No, no, no. Don't worry, Aaron. You defend. Cut to the rim. We, we got, yeah, yeah. Do all that. Hit some open threes when you're open. All that other stuff you did in Orlando, we don't need you to do that. We got this big seven-footer right here from Serbia. He's got all he's got all this handled. Don't you worry. You just do the other stuff, and we're good. And Denver is. I mean, they're such a joy to watch, too, the way they play. It's And Mike Malone's such an excellent coach. They are clicking at the right time. Watch out. And Denver. Exactly. And your guy, Michael Porter Jr., I mean, he's been shooting so well. Oh, he's, he's, I mean, he's so excellent on offense. And look, as of right now, if the playoffs were to begin today, it would be a Lakers Nuggets first round matchup, and the Ooh. Nuggets would have home court advantage. Look, give it to us. I'm just saying, right? Like, look, man. <laughs> okay, I'll put it this way: I'm not saying the Nuggets are gonna beat the Lakers. But the Nuggets aren't gonna be afraid. I'll tell you that right now. They're not gonna be like, oh no, the mighty Lakers were afraid. No, I, I don't think so. So, and I, and if you're the Lakers, that is not the first round matchup you want. It's just not no, right. If you're no, going, if you want to repeat, like it's just it's just not. But you know, that's that's like us going into work on a Monday and <laughs> just like all the news breaks at once at like nine a.m. That's what you don't want if you're the Lakers yeah. in the first round yeah. of the playoffs. Not, Let's not, just yeah. Mm-mm. So yeah, set up the stage there for yep. you. Now <clears throat> we must talk about the truth and i mean we have to talk about paul pierce Woo, your man paul pierce my man <laughs> paul pierce discovered instagram live and man man did he go out with a bang literally um i'm assuming i don't know but and when I say go out with a bang, I mean he partied, people. But you can assume what you'd want with that word because the videos are they're they're wild. Um, they're racy. They're basically our guy, the truth, Paul Pierce, Celtics legend. If you didn't know that, you just should stop listening to this podcast. No offense. Um, and he he went on Instagram Live over the weekend. I believe it was April second at an undisclosed party in L.A. with um, dancers that weren't really clothed um mm-hmm. a lot of alcohol shots mm-hmm. accents um a mm-hmm. bunch of other things that we can't really get into here because of uh, legal purposes <laughs> but um for real uh he he parted ways with espn aka espn gave paul pierce the axe after those videos went public but 
the truth didn't seem phased when he went on Instagram again uh, yesterday and put up a series of videos just kind of rocking his aviators, stroking his uh, goatee and uh, saying, it's all good, bigger and better things. And he's just, you know, doing a little swag walk there, I'm sure, in a fresh pair of J's. Gerard, get you, get, let's get your thoughts on this. The truth. Uh, you know, we, we call Paul Pierce the truth for a reason. Look, I, <laughs> it's this slippery slope of people being fired for things they are doing off comp- away from company time, right? Mm-hmm. And it, I, I, it doesn't sit well with me that things that you do theoretically in the privacy of your home or your hotel room or whatever, once they're not illegal, um, that they can get you terminated from your place of employment. Um, you know, I know people are going to say, but Gerardi works for Disney, blah, blah, blah. Look, I get all that. But had this not been on IGTV and it happened anyway, he's not fired, right? Because no one knows about it. And so maybe the cautionary tale there is like, yo, people, stop putting your business on the internet, man. Like, like what are you doing? If you want to have a party with, you know, dancers and whatever and, 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 and gambling, cool. Like, why are you putting that on Instagram? Like, just keep that to yourself, man. Like, again, we because we know players do this kind of stuff all the time. Just don't don't put it out there. Why is it out there? Right, right, exactly. And I, it's a fine line, I guess, sometimes too. I mean, he's a public figure. Um, he obviously shouldn't be sharing that stuff or no. hopefully wouldn't why, why want to you, share that stuff. Why are you putting that out there? Like, why? Why? Was he doing anything illegal? Nothing seemed illegal from what I saw. He's an adult, so he's allowed to drink alcohol. Um, I don't know if any marijuana or any of that was there, but if he wasn't... Well, he Cal- was in L.A. If he was in California, marijuana is legal. So, again, nothing illegal there. And in terms of hiring um, the young ladies, if they're paid for their services, and that's how that contractual situation works, again, nothing illegal there. Now, you can have a moral objection to it, like, and say, right. oh, and that's, right. that's your own individual prerogative. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> I just... Yeah, yeah. Again, just... I... Paul Pierce has made over $200 million in his career from the NBA alone, um, not counting endorsements and other stuff. I, being fired from ESPN is not going to hurt him financially anyway. So I just, yeah, anyway. No, if you no. work If you work for uh, the Mickey Mouse company, you can't be doing stuff like that and putting it on Instagram. That, that's all I can say. <laughs> exactly. No, agreed, agreed there, agreed there. Uh, but like you said, he ain't called the truth for nothing. So <laughs> that video was so that's wild. that. It's like, bro, what are you doing? You know what though? When and, you think of Paul Pierce, and then, and then, him, and kinda... then, and then him calling the one girl say, like, You can be making money. I'm like, oh my God. Like, what is happening right oh, now? Oh man. <laughs> I was Just like, bro. Was so like, many thoughts. I was like, bro, what? <laughs> So, so, so many thoughts. Mm. But again, before we get ourselves in trouble, per yes, usual, let's on. reel it back in here. We got to talk about a quick little note here because somebody got paid recently. Let's talk about Drew Holiday. Signed a four-year, $160 million extension with the Bucks. The Bucks are investing in Holiday. Clearly, they see a future. And Giannis is not going anywhere. So 
we know. Mm-hmm. And so what does this look like for the future of the Bucks? What are they building towards? What do you see? Well, look, they had to do it, right? Once you trade away those draft picks and everything else to get Drew Holiday, the assumption there from him is that you're going to sign me to an extension. And, you know, four years worth up to $160 million, $20 million or so were in incentives that he may or may not hit. So everybody's like, oh my God, $40 million a year for Drew Holiday? That's crazy. I mean, it's probably going to be end up being more like... 35 million a year (laughs) but i mean what's five million dollars between friends (laughs) um but but you know i saw a lot of pushback online about drew holiday not being a 40 million dollar or a 35 million dollar a year player Mm -hmm. and you know it's so funny because again casual fans and even just people who think they understand basketball they understand scoring right people who get those kinds of contracts are people that average 20 something points a game and right. And we know all the names, right? But if you really dig deep and look at the value Drew Holiday provides to a team and what he brings, I was looking at his advanced numbers and I was looking at estimated plus minus, as you know, which is one of my favorite stats, which basically tells how much the team that you are on outscores your opponent per 100 possessions when you are on the floor, right? Okay. So clearly, if you were on the plus side, that's a good thing, right? And the higher up you are, the better. Just for reference point, Nikola Jokic is number one in the NBA at 8.2 effective uh, effective plus minus. The next closest person is at six. He's a full 2.2 points better than number two on that list. That's how good he is. Okay. Let me just tell you the people that Drew Holiday are around in terms of estimated plus minus, just so people get an idea. Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard, Paul George, and Kevin Durant. Those are the people that Drew Holiday are within tenths and hundredths of a point of effective plus minus. All those players I mentioned, max guys. Now, I get it. Those guys score a lot of points. So you see that with your eyes. You're like, they're really good. Yes, that is one way you affect the basketball game. But as we often say, basketball is played on both ends of the floor, right? Offense and defense, right? Drew is an excellent offensive player and an excellent defensive player, right? Yeah, he ain't scoring 28, 30 a night, but he is extremely good on offense and a shutdown defender. Yeah. So based on all that, that tells me that salary is right in line with where what he should be paid. So shouts to Drew Holiday. Exactly. And I think um, somebody needs to pay you for that explanation because... <laughs> Poor Drew. And I think also it comes down to the guys that you put him in the pool with. You don't recognize Drew right. in that pool Ar- Around of guys. those names, right. He's not a champion. You just don't. He's not a multi-time right. all-star. He's not MVP like any of those guys. Like I get it. But again, exactly. those types of awards like MVP and all-star and all that generally go to people that score lots of points, right? Because when you watch basketball, that's what people can easily gravitate towards. Ooh, mm-hmm. I know what's happening because the ball's going in the basket. Okay, that's a very important part of the game. But another important part of the game is not allowing the other team to put the ball in the basket, right? Like, and Drew is excellent on both sides of that. His his offensive plus minus is 2.3. His defensive plus minus is 2.1. That's He's in the 90th percentile and up on both sides of the ball. Just saying, just for, for reference, someone like, someone like Damian Lillard, 6.9 on offense. He's in the 100th percentile, best in the league. Minus 2.3 on defense. That's the sixth percentile. Not so good, right? So the question you ask yourself, 
what matters more, who's better, who's whatever. Well, based on their plus minus numbers, because of what Dame gives up defensively, they wash out to be close to roughly the same in terms of their effective plus minus, estimated plus minus. So anyway, it's not, and it's not a catch all perfect stat, but just for context, so people understand when they're thinking about how to value these players. Thank God you're here, Gerard, because, you know, I mean, geez, the math would be so bad here. It would be a disaster. It would be, it'd be like the Warriors right now. Sheesh. Poor Warriors. Yikes. Uh, well, I mean, you know, you, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. They had it for a while. Yeah, so They had their run. You know. Got to let some other people it have It doesn't, uh, doesn't last forever. It does not last forever. That is that. Uh, so... And that's all That's all she wrote. That's week. all she wrote, folks. <laughs> you know where to find us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. We are at 7 Footers Pod on Twitter, at 7 Footers Podcast on Instagram, at JS Hector, at Gentleman Sully. 20-ish, 21 games to go, and then playoff time, folks. So buckle up. It's going to be quite a ride. Buckle up, baby, and get <laughs> your purple and gold ready. <laughs> Peace. Peace. <laughs>